Kicking off the month of August with my friend Alex Wagner and Hazen Downward. There exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away, and we won't stand for it. Those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul. In this show, we share our love of hunting, fishing, and conservation. Here, we provide the foundation to meet these threats through passion and the grit of the American outdoorsman. Welcome to the Western Huntsman Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode. This is Jim Huntsman, the host, coming at you from the Broken Tine studio right here in Clark Fork, Idaho. Thanks for joining me, guys. Hey, I appreciate it. Um, uh, I got a really good episode for you this week. Uh, before I get into that, uh, just a couple of quick updates. I've had a bunch of you asking about our uh, situation out here in our uh, off-grid property where uh, we moved out onto. And uh, I'm I'm happy to report it's it's mainly going well. It's it's mostly going well. Still don't have power. Still don't have water. Um, we are living off of uh, generators and uh, one little solar panel thing uh, just to keep the studio you know well lit when when I don't want to run the generator because the gas is getting out of control price wise. <laughs> and so. Uh, looks like we'll have power in a couple of weeks. I got the trench all dug out. I had to, I I had to like hand dig the last five feet of it over to the power pole because this tractor I rented, um, going down this grade, it was like going to tip over on me. So (laughs) I had to stop there, dig backwards and then hand dig the rest. And uh, you know, there is just something about manual labor that uh, I've always kind of enjoyed, especially when it's something like digging a ditch, you know, and this, uh, property is coming along we've got everything kind of smoothed out where we're living um where where our trailers are parked and everything and so uh it's really cool lots of wildlife uh weather's been super hot it's really smoky in the air right now with all the wildfires around um but you know we're we're getting through it and uh, i wouldn't trade it i wouldn't i wouldn't change our situation it's it's been a tough summer so far uh but uh if if you guys have the opportunity to, to get some bare land and create like a homestead on it. You know, it's a long process, but it's worth it. And I'd recommend it. So lots of fun. Uh, this morning, I just got done recording with Ryan Mickler over at Order of Man. Uh, and that episode is going to be out next week. So don't miss that one. It, it was actually a really good conversation. And you're going to want to learn a little bit from Ryan Mickler. If you don't know who he is, um, you're going to find out next week if you tune in. But this week... I have got my friends, uh, a return guest, Alex Wagner, and uh, his hunting partner, Hazen Downward. And we kind of talk, we're all over the place in this conversation between bear hunting and elk hunting and deer hunting, uh, bow hunting, rifle hunting, all sorts of stuff. So uh, Hazen lives down in Utah and in some of my old stomping grounds down there. And Alex is in southern Idaho. And so... They uh, they linked up and they became friends and started hunting several years ago. You'll you'll hear the story, uh, and they they've been hunting together ever since. And it's just a couple of good dudes I got on this episode. They have some really good stories and they're great hunters and they've got a lot of good hunting ethics. 
uh, and we just cover a lot of ground. And that's kind of what the point of this episode is. Uh, there's uh, we we kind of bounce all over, and I love that. It's a great conversation. So buckle up for that. By the way, I still haven't heard back from the winner from the fake company Phelps Game Calls contest. If I could uh, kind of articulate that, right? <laughs> uh, so Mr. Gonzalez, I believe. Uh, I don't have the notes pulled up, but he won, and I have not heard back. You need to email me, man. I don't know where to send any of the the, the stuff. So um, we're going to have another winner announcement next week for the Instagram giveaway we were doing. Um, guys, I, I, I posted something on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, was that yesterday or two days ago? Whatever. Uh, and I just wanted to talk real briefly about that. Uh, it was about how... It was basically a, a humble, thankful post for my audience, you guys listening out there. Um, I made the comment that in July, we broke some serious download numbers. And and when I say we broke the record, I mean, it just, we blasted through it. We crushed it, uh, smashed it, whatever, whatever you want to use for it. <laughs> Either way. Uh, July was an absolute record download month, um, and it, which is funny because I, I didn't do any like bonus episodes. I didn't do anything out of the norm, just a normal, you know, couple of schools. September's were released, well, one, and uh, it, it was just I don't know what happened, but we I, I think a lot of people are starting to tune into hunting podcasts out there because hunting season is fast approaching us. And so that's probably part of it. But uh, either way, I just you know wanted to wanted you guys to hear it. I, I posted a big thank you on on the social media pages, um, on Instagram and Facebook, and I just wanted to kind of have you guys hear it from my voice. You know, I, I know I, I do this a lot, but uh, I just can't thank you guys enough. It's just it's amazing. I I never really expected this. I started this podcast. You know, just thinking we'd, we'd get some downloads here and there, I'd make some new friends, and hopefully help with the whole anti-hunting movement and uh, build some passion here and there. I didn't expect the magnitude of the downloads and the way it has spread. Uh, we, we get downloads all over the world, uh, certainly all over the country. Um, I'm amazed at how many downloads we get. We get the most in, like, Utah, Idaho, Washington and Wyoming, um, but we still get, we get a ton, I don't know what, Mon- Montana, you guys are slacking, man, we need to grow in Montana, I'm, I should be like a dual resident too, by the way, I'm only a few minutes from Montana, and we're in Montana almost every day, um, so, um, anyway, no, I, I, no complaints on my end, totally kidding around, it's, it's just been amazing in terms of the growth and the, what what you guys have done is supported and sharing it with your friends and giving us good reviews and um, you know sharing our social media posts and stuff like that. Just I, again, I, I'm probably just babbling at this point, but thanks guys. Thank thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for the support. Uh, you're amazing, and I appreciate it. I wouldn't be doing this still if if there hadn't been the growth that we've seen and the success we've seen out of it. So again, just thanks guys. Appreciate it. Um, Appreciate your support. With that, let us dive into it with Alex Wagner and Hazen Downward. And this episode is not one you're going to want to miss. Here we go.
Either the wife or the kid left the fridge cracked, so everything's all warm. Are you serious? That's a crime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not real thrilled about it. <laughs> Hazen, how do you say your last name exactly? It's downward, just like downward spiral. Oh, okay, perfect. So I, I, I can't screw that up. No, it's pretty easy. <laughs> Alex, how do you say your last name? No, I'm just kidding. Wagner. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Wagner. We've already been over this, Jim. <laughs> All right, guys. On the line today, I have Alex Wagner. Did I say it right? Mm-hmm. And his good hunting buddy from Utah down there, his name is Hazen Downward. And we've been trying to put this episode together for a long time. Alex is a returning guest on the show. Uh, he was on last winter. And he's also, well, never mind on that part. Um the because uh, we're we're gonna keep that part a secret, Alex, for right now. We're but good. guys, That's I fun. appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having us. Hazen, we we have we have Alex's kind of basic background in in that original episode. Uh, can you give uh-huh. us a snapshot of who you are, where you're from, how you grew up? Uh, I grew up in kind of the western part of well, central western part of Utah. The Salt Lake Valley, basically. Uh-huh. Um, pretty much just grew up hunting mule deer. That's about all we did. Uh, and uh, just a few years ago, we started hunting elk with Alex, and that's kind of taken over, to say the <laughs> least. <laughs> taking over the finances, taking over the time, taking over your life. Is that pretty much how it's playing out? Yeah, yeah. My wife's not real thrilled about that part, but <laughs> I I know exactly how you feel, man. I know I know yeah. the feeling. <laughs> so you're now you're what in like West West Jordan or something down in there in the in the Salt Lake Valley? Yep, you got her. Yep, right in that area. Because I grew up in Draper, so. Oh, did you? Yeah, but now it's all now it's all like connected, and I've talked about it on the show before. But when when I grew up in Draper. It was like this little teeny town in the uh, corner of the Salt Lake Valley, and yeah. there was like nothing there. No, now it's a zoo. Oh, it's and a total zoo. Is, yeah, it's way built out. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, you can't really hunt down there anymore. Like we used to hunt, right? We we didn't even drive anywhere. We walked we walked right from our house there in Draper to hunt pheasants and um, we'd hunt geese and and go up into the foothills and hunt deer. Uh, but now, yeah. nowadays, I, and I'm not that old, you know, uh, so it's like it was a fast change, and it started when I was in high school. Yeah, it was quick. So we actually, uh, with the extended archery right there, we hunted deer in Corner Canyon all the time. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. That was like our go-to place, and now, geez, you got to be halfway up the mountain before you're even out of houses. I know it's crazy, dude. The way they build them up on top, and I was always worried like some of them were gonna slide off of that. Because uh, on the back, like <laughs> that whole corner canyon area to the point of the mountain out there, uh, that was our playground in high school, man. We'd take our trucks up there and get them stuck in the mud, and there was this big hill called Widowmaker, and we'd all uh-huh. try to get our trucks up Widowmaker. Um, <laughs> and, and only only my a couple of buddies that had souped up trucks were able to make it. I, I about rolled mine a few times trying to get up there, but but yeah, that's it's just totally different nowadays. You just it's all neighborhoods and it's kind of like um, kind of uppity down there too. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's like crazy high end houses and it's it's pretty nuts. Yeah, it's nuts, dude. It was like just a 
poor farm town when I lived there. So crazy. Yeah. Well, cool, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to talk to somebody who's hunted Utah before. I don't I don't get to do that very often. No. Yeah. Oh. My buddy John Gabriel lives down there. Um, I I don't know for how much longer, but Gabriel's down in R- Riverton. He's the one that. Oh, okay. Like makes uh, he made my uh, logo and stuff, and and he's a graphic designer, and he does actually he does logos and websites for like the elk collective and phelps game call all sorts of stuff so he's uh oh, he's nice. got his hands in everything but he he's uh he's down there you guys should link up he's he nailed a huge buck up on that wasatch front last year oh really yeah yeah i don't have to look i haven't seen i've been out of the mule deer loop for a little while so <laughs> so with uh with and and Alex, we should probably recap. Alex, where tell us where you're at in Idaho and give everybody just a quick synopsis. Um, living in Buell, Idaho. It's kind of like a. It's not a blink if you uh, drive through it, kind of town. But I mean, we got like five thousand, six thousand people. Mhm. Mhm. It's central southern Idaho. It's hot. It's desert. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Lots of antelope, few mule deer, like very few mule deer. We're kind of like in the area where I live. There's no Utah mule deer. <laughs> yeah, I think there's three deer in that whole area. There. <laughs> yeah, the whole unit and, has three. And yeah. two of them, two of them are eating out of the apple orchard in my neighbor's yard right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, well, you know, we. I mean, I I travel quite a bit for hunting and. You know, I'm going to go down to Utah this year, too, and hunt, and I have a buck tag in Utah, so that's pretty awesome. That, uh, but, we, oh, well, keep going, keep going. We should talk about that later. Uh, we can talk about that later, but, uh, yeah, that's just kind of the, one of the little bit of a recap at the moment, but. Yeah. We, yeah. uh, you know, we travel lots, and, and, you know, a lot of places I hunt, it's not that close to my house, honestly, it's usually several hours of driving sure way but uh i'm not no longer with the idaho state bow hunters and that's all right still support the organization i think they're still doing a fantastic job yeah because when um, you were on the show before you were one of the like regional directors yeah, or something right yeah i was the i was the region four director and i did my time i did four years with it and and uh you know more or less life just kind of gets a hold of you and Right now I'm remodeling a house, so yeah, yeah. We were do- I, was, I was doing construction when we were doing test sounds. That, but, uh, that's right. <laughs> and, and so, and just so everybody knows, Alex is the episode name. I think I'm just going off the top of my head. Uh, when I just had you on, is called the Sixth Sense of Big Game. I believe. I think that's what yeah. It's called, that was so. it was like January was, or something. Yeah, it was a while ago. It was. It was cold. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah, that, we too. Had a, yeah, we had a good conversation. It definitely lasted way longer than I thought it would. As far <laughs> as the recording is, it's kind of like it kept going on and on and on, and it's like, okay, we both got to go to bed now. That's yeah. pretty much how it was. <laughs> so we've got this Idaho dude and with this Utah dude, and you guys became friends and have been hunting for a few years together. How did you guys meet? Uh. Through toxic calls in southern Idaho, we were both on their staff. Oh, gotcha. And yeah, it was kind of strange, just random out of the blue. I get a phone call from a guy I've never met, seeing if I wanted to go do something in Oregon with them. <laughs> oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of creepy, huh? 
Yeah, it was a little strange at first. <laughs> no, I don't I'm know kidding. who this guy is. And <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when we did that, it was like, okay, so he got interest kind of in the same field and everything, and uh, that he knew what he was doing. So, huh. uh, kind of started a friendship there. And I think I was like seven, about seven years ago, something like that. Uh, it was longer than that because. 2013, I think, is he shot his he shot his first Idaho bull with me. I think was 2013, 14, and it was like a year before or two years before that because Hazen actually has like a crazy injury as far as working goes. Oh man! Oh uh, yeah. What what injury? Yeah, so the year before, I actually went up there elk hunting with him. We were scheduled to go. We had a trip planned. And in June of that year, which I believe was 2012, um, I had a ladder tip over, and I just jumped, figured I'd be just fine, but I landed straight legs and broke both of my legs. Oh, shit. Both legs? Both of them, yeah. Uh, Right ankle and left tibia. Oh, man. Ouch. Yeah, that's and that's yeah. only a couple months before hunting season. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, late June, and so that year I had to because I live in a split level, and I couldn't get up to my bedroom or anything like that. So they made me stay in a rehab facility for like a month and a half. Um, that was different. Yeah, a physical rehab facility, and uh, I think finally talked my dad into dragging me deer hunting that year in august even though i couldn't walk i used my crutches to still get on the four-wheeler and i still drove around with my bow just hoping that there was a dumb one uh, <laughs> to be close enough for the road but it, that, that happens too many spikes oh really yeah yeah dude that sucks i feel for you man yeah it was a it was a rough couple months and i finally with that extended here in Utah, I was able to hike and hunt um, like the last month or so of the season, but I wasn't able to get very far. I, the muscle atrophy was pretty bad at that point, so, so I just how, made the best of it. What about like now? Does it still bother you? You still get pain oh. from it? Oh, yeah. It's something the doctor said it'll get progressively worse mm. the older I get. So like last year... Uh, packing out my bowl, I was toast for probably a week or so. Um, the Jeez. ankle just, when it's under load, and especially if it's rocky, it's exponentially worse. So with so. with that kind of injury, Hazen, is it is it harder for you, like more painful-wise, going uphill or downhill? Downhill. Yeah. And I ask that because I have a knee injury from the military, and and like everybody talks about, you know, and complains about going uphill, but it's it's downhill that kills me. Yeah, it's the same on mine because what happens is uh, my Achilles doesn't stretch anymore, mm. and so both soft tissue on the front and the back. The front, when I'm going uphill, it doesn't flex very far. And so it doesn't get to a point where it's going to hurt. But the front, if I step on all my weight on my heel, heel going downhill, it 
tears everything off the front. Oh, shit. Ouch, so, man. It's rough. It gets all giant, swollen. But You just take, like, ibuprofen just, or something on the mountain? No. Not mm. unless it's way bad. I try not to. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've had other uh, stomach issues just from taking ibuprofen, so I, I very rarely take them. Yeah, I'm... I just... I'm the same way, man. No, I'm the, I, yeah. I, yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, just, that sucks, man. I, I, I hate to hear that kind of stuff. Uh, you, you were working construction or something? Yeah, yep. Where'd you go to high school, Hazen? Uh, Copper Hills. Oh, you were Copper Hills? So I was a Jordan beat digger, man. Ah, nice. That's <laughs> where my mom went to school. Oh, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, like the oldest, one of the oldest schools in Utah. Yeah. I think they actually... Well, they rebuilt it. I, I was one of the first classes to go to the new one, but the old building, it was uh, it was there for a long time. They finally tore it down, but they, like, filmed movies and stuff in it because it was all old and historic looking. Yeah, yeah. So, and anyway, I was the first class in the new building, and they had us vote if we wanted to keep the mascot beet digger because nobody's ever heard of a beet digger, but there were all those <laughs> beet farms around there. And we were all like, "No, we're keeping the mascot. We're gonna we're gonna be beat diggers." <laughs> Perfect. Gotta yeah. keep the the nostalgia. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> so you guys meet and you you go on something to Oregon and then you guys start hunting together. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. pretty much what it was. And now you guys have this annual like bear trip that you guys do. It seems like is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it's me and my dad started it oh, 14, 15, about 15 years ago. We started going up every year, and then uh, it took a few years before we invited anybody. And are you now when you say that? Are you talking about in Idaho or in Utah? In Idaho. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so we we've made the travel up there for quite a while, and then. Uh, uh, I talked Alex into bear hunting and setting some baits. Just like, dude, it's way cool. You've got to try it. At least just try it. Mm-hmm. And he was having a few bears and stuff come in, but he was kind of in a, an area that didn't have a, a very dense population. So I said, why don't you just come up with us instead of wasting your time there? And now it's been a week-long trip since... Oh, I don't even remember what year it was. It's been a few years now. So yeah, it's probably been I don't know, two thousand eighteen? Something like that. That's when you guys started going on the bear hunt together? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was around there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I because I kinda wanted to start this conversation. My my idea with this is you guys are you guys are both solid hunters, you've got a great track record, you you've been hunting together for a long time, you got some cool stories. And so my, my idea with this episode is, you know, because if you guys listen to my show, you know it's it's all over the place. I have serious episodes. I have funny episodes. I have dumb episodes. I have smart episodes. All of it, right? And I'm never the <laughs> smart one in the smart ones. <laughs> and so I kind of thought, you know, I, I what I haven't done in a long time is just talk hunting. You, you know, just talk about hunting and, mm-hmm. and you know, hazing. It'll be cool. I, I like to shoot the breeze with somebody who's hunted in Utah and, and Alex is mm-hmm. in Idaho. And, uh, those are the two States I've hunted the most in my life. And so I just, that's kind of the idea, but I kind of wanted to kick it off with talking about, 
your guys' bear season this this season, this last season, because you guys had a really good bear season. And um, I don't care who starts, but why don't, why don't you give us kind of the gist of, of what went down this season, and, and we'll go from there. Oh, and we, what we, we had five, five tag holders or something like that. And we do our baiting kind of different than everybody else, really. What do you mean it's by more that? Of, it's more of a short, a short term kind of deal. We don't go out on April 15th and try and get all our baits in. To be quite honest, we can't get to those until some years we can't get to them until mid June just yeah, because of snow, snow levels. And that's kind of why we end up having to do like a short term, uh, bait. Um, we, so we did kind of did our same thing this year. Sometimes we'll just bait and hunt right away. This year we baited and waited a week and then went back up to hunt, kind of let them soak. Cause the last two years have been, Miserable. <laughs> yeah, they've been slow to say the least. Just because of lack of bear activity or what? Yeah, and then they've been really random, which isn't really normal for what we've dealt with in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's we've always gone the same time of year every year. And some years it's there's less snow, so it's already been greened up, and then you have to deal with um, natural food. Uh, that makes it a little bit trickier, sure. uh, but um, so we got our baits in just like we normally do, and we have a couple that are they're old reliables. I, I lost count how many bears we've we've taken off of them, and we've always made it a point. It's kind of my dad's bait to get that one in first because he generally just hunts weekends, and uh, he had the full week this year, so it wasn't as big of a deal. But that thing is that bait's got an average of 10 bears on it every year. Oh, that's um, not too shabby. Yeah. No. It gets to be a pain in the neck because you can't keep up with the feed. And what are the GPS coordinates to that? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, if you um, want to know, no, it's kind of close to your mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it. Damn it. No, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's a crazy one. I logistically, when you guys are going out and you're you're getting these baits set, are you guys base camped or are you going into the back country? Because it, it, I can't figure. Well, no, let me just let you answer that. We we base camp and then we travel to the baits uh, every day just to try to keep up with them mm-hmm. during that week that we're there. And in years past, as soon as they those barrels hit. Even a little less than a quarter full, still baiting there, they just start disappearing. The bears do. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd this season go? So, I mean, we had a ton of bears on there. I think between the baits that we had out, how many did we have out, Alex? Like five had, this year. We had we had five we had five baits. Yeah, one yeah, of you guys know, posted like two or three different sites. You posted the picture of the of the of the barrel or whatever. I can't remember. Yeah, there's a few of them where we don't we didn't have a whole lot of activity on them. I mean, we had like three or four bears that were kind of random, 
Mm-hmm. So we didn't have a ton of pictures from those. We had a, a few that were much more active. But yeah, we had five baits out and uh, somewhere in the ballpark of what, 30-ish bears or something total between the five. That we can clearly say that are different bears. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's hard because, like, we'll look at, like, we'll pull an SD card every day. But unless you have a big screen you know, laptop or uh, even looking at them on a, on a computer, you know, and then put them on the, the camping trailers TV. Sometimes you can't tell the difference until you start seeing little tiny different markings and stuff like that. So, I mean, 30 bears is, you know, pretty fair to say we very well could have had more. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had a hard time too, man. I had a bunch of bears on my barrel and I, I couldn't, there was there was like three of them that I could I could say without a doubt were individual bears that were separate from the from the rest. But then there was like a bunch of bears that I, I couldn't tell I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. It's, when they're color phased, I mean, you can differentiate between any of them. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. you start getting the black ones in there, you got to look for weird spots on their nose or a blaze on their chest or something that's a different shape. That's kind of kind of goofy. Or a half eaten ear. Yeah. No. Were you we guys bow hunting? Yeah. 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 Okay. And Hazen, yeah. just a uh, like an off-topic question, real quick, um, mm-hmm. because when I the last time I lived in Utah was years ago, and I was not into bear hunting at all at the time. Is there? Can you bear hunt in Utah? Like, what's what's that like? Yeah. So they have some harvest objective units that you can just buy a tag over the counter for right now. Um. But you There's can't bait still, there, right? No, you can't bait on those. There are some particular seasons that you can bait on. Uh, it's just the summer season. So they start, uh, I can't remember, late June, something like that, and go through most of the summer. Those ones you can bait on. But as far as the rest go, they're either spot and stock or you can run uh, towns. Gotcha, gotcha. And mm-hmm. I don't remember what the density there. Um, I saw a couple bears... In all my time in Utah, up by Strawberry Lake a few times, but I, other than that, I just I never really saw them. And I take that back. Yep. I saw I saw a big black bear up on uh, Skyline Drive down in San Pete County. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's anyway. still quite a few down there, and then uh, Strawberry's probably one of the as far as actually doing. I think they got rid of the harvest objective this last year in that one. But they're they're getting to be more and more here, so they're kind of being a problem. Is the People berry aren't used to dealing with them? Is the berry still? I I imagine it's worse. But when I left Utah, mm-hmm. uh, the berry was a shit show, man. Like it, it, you couldn't even you couldn't find a place to camp. There was like millions of boats on that thing, which sucks because when I when I was growing up, that was the best place to go. Yeah, it's still crazy, but they've made a lot more room. Have um, they? As far as yeah, as far as camping in like the the marina area and stuff, there's a lot more camping there than there used to be. Oh, that's so good. It's, they it's not too that. bad. They need, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I I ran over a badger up there one time when I was in. I was like 17 years old and ran over a badger on that road out of Indian Creek, I think. That goes out oh. kind of <laughs> south of the lake there. Uh-huh. <laughs> the thing ran right in front of my truck, and I'm a boop hit it <laughs> i got out and i was like what the hell was that and i go running back there it's a freaking badger 
<laughs> so it's a little speed bump. Yeah, a little speed bump, you know. Anyway, I keep derailing us, man. Let's get back to this season this last year because you guys, ah, yeah. you, had, you had five tags, and I just I want to I want to just kind of recap it real quick. Yeah. Um, I mean, we all could have killed bears, that's for sure. We've seen seen plenty. Um, my dad passed up a bear like the first night, two bears, and one of them, I it's like his dream bear, but it had a rub on its butt. So he's like, off limits, nobody shoot that. He wouldn't even let my daughter shoot it. (laughs) (laughs) Did your daughter have a tag? Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yeah, she she actually killed her second bear this year. That was, Alex was sitting there with us. We all decided to take our night off of hunting and see if we couldn't get her one killed. So, so I even let her christen my new gun. That's awesome. So she, she, she tagged out and uh, how old is she? She is 12. Oh, man. That gives me hope, dude. I got uh, my 12-year-old. She's going to go. She's gonna be going out this next spring for the first time for bear hunting. So pretty excited. Nice. It, it's a great hunt for for kids and stuff. Because, I mean, there's not a lot of hiking. I mean, you do have to be patient, but with cell phones and stuff now. Yeah. They can, they can keep entertained for a while. And when you she guys... actually killed her first bear last year, too. Oh, so. she did? Uh, so yeah, was, we hunted all of about three hours, so she didn't get much of an experience. <laughs> <laughs> man, that is I love hearing that stuff, man. I just I love that. It's so important for us to keep in mind the future of hunting and the generations coming up and um yeah. I just bought my daughter's uh I've got a ten and twelve year old here and just bought him a, a seven mm oh eight and 'cause they're they're all lined out. We're ready to go for uh they're gonna they're gonna be doing rifle elk and nice. rifle deer. So I'm excited, nice. man. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that should be a good time for sure. Yeah, for sure. So getting back to that, uh, your daughter, when you guys when you guys were baiting, or I mean sitting on the bait or whatever, are you guys like in a tree stand or are you in a ground blind or are you just kind of set up somewhere? No, we're on, well, it depends. This year we actually tried real ground blinds as far as our archery ones, but with my daughter we're just on the ground probably – 45 50 yards from the bait is all and she nailed that sucker huh yeah yeah what kind of rifle um it was a what was that winchester so winchester model 70 257 roberts oh nice somebody somebody recommended that rifle for my my daughter it was I, i thought it was too hard to get ammo for though well it's not hard to get ammo if you're a reloader like hazen and i but it was kind of a, it was kind of one of them guns that I kicked myself when I was like 12. I had the chance to have one, and I didn't. And it's kind of haunted me ever since. So now I have to have one. Plus, it's oddball. Not everyone has one anymore. So. What's the recoil like on that for a kiddo? Uh, well, so I have a suppressor on mine, so it's like shooting a BB gun. But yeah, with, without, with yeah, without the the suppressor, it's really honestly, it's really similar to a 243. Okay. It's next to nothing, honestly. So, so it, it even has the same amount of powder as a 243. Oh, does it? So it's just 25 caliber. I can't remember who r- recommended that one, but everybody else recommended this 7mm08, so I went with that. And again, we're getting off topic here. I just um my you know, my girls are they're small, man, and so I I was worried about the recoil. 
Well, that's uh, the nice thing with that 7mm08 is you can size down or size up as much as you need. You can get all the way down to, I think, a 90-grain bullet for that and up to 180. Yeah. You might even make 200s now with the long-range stuff. Yeah, and with yeah. kids, too, I mean, if you're worried about it, just put a muzzle brake on it. I mean, it solves it solves a lot of issues. It's just it's louder because it blows all the sound back towards you. But, I mean, with kids, it's... I can let a 12-year-old shoot my dad's 300 short mag. It never hurt him. It's got a break on it. It's just loud. You know, It's just really loud. What's interesting is you guys are supposed to be my archery experts here. Yeah, well, we <laughs> like, we like, went down boom, a we hole. like boomsticks. Yeah, we went boomsticks, <laughs> and yeah, we did go down a rabbit hole. That's I I always I am I'm always interested in that topic like with cuz I I get super excited about a rifle hunt and I get super excited about an archery hunt and and I I somebody asked me one time, "Well, what do you prefer?" And my my you know, initial response before thinking about it is always archery because I love shooting my bow. But then if I start really thinking about it, I I think that because Archery usually involves screaming elk. That's what makes archery my favorite. But if I take that element out of it, I love both of them. I, the, the archery has the advantage of you're up close and personal. You're working harder. You're, you're getting – I feel like you, you got to have a little more strategy. And uh, a, there, there's, there's some shooting skill sets that you need. But with rifle, it's not easy, and there is something super challenging about the, the you know, that right shot. And, and I don't know. It's always a topic of a, I, I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, I like it, it's not super defined for me in terms of what I would prefer. Do you guys have like? Is there something that it's absolutely hands down archery? It's absolutely hands down rifle. What do you guys say? I'm an archery guy. Yeah, I, I'm in the I'm, same boat. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a purist. I'm a purist. That's what Hazen calls me. What do you mean? Like you have a you have a old school longbow or what? No, it's like I mean, like it comes with bear hunting. You know, with the with the way like the Idaho bear hunt is. I mean, it's a it's a general over the season tag. I mean, you can shoot them with a shotgun if you wanted to. Yeah, but. I've always told Hazen, yeah, I'm going to stick it out with a bow until it's it's over with. And, and there is a major definite change because <laughs> my tag is like $13 and his was like almost 300 this year, which is like kind of a, that's another whole. Oh, they subject. upped it, huh? Didn't, I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 Shit. And, and, and. You know, he'll go sit 100 yards back if that's what it takes. You know, to to finally punch that non-resident tag, and I don't, I don't, I don't blame him one single bit. Because when you're spending that kind of money, you want to walk home and be successful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. But so I get called the purist. <laughs> <laughs> I tease him about it all the time. <laughs> Alex, it, you're an archery right. snob, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> that's the word we're looking for. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's, and that's fine. Like it, I mean, we had a great time last year. We, Hazen and I had Montana rifle antelope tags and being an archery guy and Hazen being an archery guy for the most part, when you have a rifle in your hands, it's kind of like, honestly, you feel like God. That's that's the I only know, way I know, dude. I feel like I, I'm I, almost like, cheating sometimes. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, 
you know, if we were bow hunting, you know, you're going to live. But I have a rifle now, and I don't like the way you look, so you can live. Like that's just kind of like that's kind of how it how it is sometimes. It's it's only the feeling though. It's it's a, like yeah, I'll go I'll go straight from you know how in Idaho you have you have the the September archery hunt for elk, and if you don't tag out, then you got that five days in October for on the rifle. And if if I get to that point and I get out there with my rifle, I'm like, oh man, like you said, I feel like I'm God or something. You know, I I am yeah. I'm cheating. I'm I've got this <laughs> yeah. huge advantage, and it's all over with. Every elk in the woods should be running for their life because I'm coming for mm-hmm. them, right? And then you get out there, and it's like, oh shit. Man, it's, it's it's really not that easy with a rifle. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you still have to have the all the stuff come together. To, yeah, exactly. You know, to make exactly, it, it changes everything because you're you're hunting a totally different way. They're not they're not screaming at you and telling you where they're at and ch- mm-hmm. you know coming in on you. And so it's it's a total the challenges where they, they they differ. They're still pretty extreme on both ends, and and that's I think why I like doing both because it reminds me why i do both and, and anyway I, that's like yeah. a whole podcast yeah. episode in itself right oh there. it is i mean you, you could you could talk about a lot of i mean there's a lot of little small subjects in there that you could talk about for uh-huh. honestly honestly a long time oh yeah but so i don't I, know it is it is what it is it is it is and and it's just uh you know one of those things that if you enjoy both do both you know what i mean um, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to be stuck to one. Yeah, one weapon. It's no. it's like that. Like uh, in the fishing world too. I I notice big time. People get surprised that, um, like I'm pretty deadly with a fly rod. I'm also pretty deadly with like a, a spin rod. Um, and people are surprised by that because in the fishing world, everybody is like one or the other, you know. But I yeah, I can go I can go catch trout with the best of them with my fly rod, but I also have a thing where I sometimes like throwing a night crawler on, on my ugly stick and throwing it out there and just sitting there and drinking a beer. And just, being a, just being a worm dunker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no shame, man. I will do both. And I'm proud when I catch a fish either way. Don't care. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So you I want to have to trick them. Yeah. You still have to trick them. Yeah. And you still have to, you know, finesse yeah. them to the net and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's just, it's, those are important elements. And as part of what, one of the, with, with this show, I always want to like smooth out those differences, like, like help people understand that it's okay. If you, if you do all of it, you don't have to be a purist fly fisherman. You don't have to be a purist worm fisherman or an oh. archery hunter or a muzzle loader or a rifle hunter and all that, all that kind of stuff. There's no reason for that. Because you're going to get a lot more enjoyment if you try more, like elements or aspects of, of hunting and fishing. It's just, it really, it's it's something it's, I stress to people a lot. Well, I mean, and it extends your season too. I mean, you can. Yeah, great point. It stretches them out. I mean, if we just did all straight archery, we'd have a month and a half, and then after that, it'd pretty much be over. <laughs> I know, right? Right. Yeah. Um, let's get back to bear season real quick. You guys had, you said you had five tags. How many of those tags did you guys fill? Three. Three of them. Three out of five. So that is a pretty good ratio. Yeah. And we could have filled the other ones. Me and my dad, we're the only ones that didn't fill our tags. We both seen plenty of bears. Just, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we were waiting for the one, like a particular bear. Yeah. Um, 
so you, you guys have gotten to the point where it's you guys it's okay to be picky you guys have you guys have like gotten to that point where that's what's important right yeah, yeah. absolutely and we the, where we hunt we see a lot of the same bears year after year after year so i mean there's some of them where we've passed them for like two three years and they show back up and like there now we've got a real bear rather than just the average bear yeah yeah and we i just call it we farm bears is what we're doing that's pretty much what it is <laughs> i like that i'm gonna steal that term <laughs> when you when you feed them like two thousand pounds of donuts in like 10 days you hope that they grow up i mean that's yeah. just kind of the, the basics principle of it <laughs> uh, is that what you guys are using as donuts yeah 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 pastries where do you get them from um, that's top secret there. <laughs> that that's a that's a class classified material, Jim. So you're not gonna give me that info or the GPS coordinates where you're farming these bears out every year, huh? I already told you it's kinda close to your mom's house. Like, like <laughs> Dude, my mom listens so that, to these sometimes. She's gonna get you. <laughs> that's right. I told you that last episode it's next to your mom's house. I told you that before. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the bait thing, it took us a lot of years to get some spots nailed down that'll give it to us consistently yeah and it's gotten even harder lately because there's more and more people doing it but i mean some of these places we've been getting bait from them for 10 years so i was at the top of the list so we kind of cherry pick what we want out of that stuff oh that's good and are you guys setting barrels in because you're hunting the same area every year? Are you setting barrels in like the exact same spot every year? Or are you switching that up a little bit? Uh, for the most part, the exact same spot. Hmm. Um, there's a few of them where we've shuffled around because we've noticed. I mean, it can even be. Well, here a prime example is the one bait we call it Area 51. That's my dad's bait. That's always got just a ton of bears on it um we've had that in we've moved it three times total over like a 10-year span and each time we've moved it it got better and better and then finally we got to this one spot where it's at now and even though it's inconvenient tree there's all kinds of crap in the way now from blowdowns and stuff but we don't want to move it yeah, there's so many bears on there, so we're just gonna have to find different shooting positions and stuff like that. But uh, you know what blows me away is like how many bears there are per square mile in some of these units. Like what you're talking about, I was I was having a conversation last week and um with with Nate who's on last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked about this a little bit. Doesn't does it surprise you guys how many bears you get on camera? Because when you're spending all this time elk hunting and deer hunting and and just getting out there scouting whatever, you rarely rarely actually see a bear until you're hunting them, right? Which is like yeah. the exact opposite. And so yeah. when when you start getting all these bears, like I was blown away with how many bears I had on my camera on my barrel. Because I had I've been hunting that particular spot for a long time and I knew there were bears. I've seen them up in the trees periodically, you know, 
Uh, I've seen their the, the the sign and everything else. But the point being, I didn't realize to that magnitude there was that many bears. Does that surprise you guys, or is that like just you? It's whatever. Uh, it's that way every year. I mean, it's just strange, strange that there are that many in an area, and you don't see them. You think, man, if I drove down this road 40 times, I would see a bear at least every other time I drove down it. You would think, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. all the miles that we've put on up there in that spot over the last decade or so, I can count on one hand how many bears I've seen on the road, and it was one. Yeah, yeah. Or mm-hmm. even off the side of the road. Yeah. It's it's nuts, man. I just I think about this one time I was told in this particular unit that there were four bears per square mile, and I am telling you right now that there were bears coming from miles and miles and miles around if there were only four bears per square mile. <laughs> yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's crazy. Anyways, like, like where are we Okent? That's that's actually not the case. I mean, the, the bear density is actually really, really low. Is it? Like like where we elk hunt. Where we bear hunt, that ain't the case. I mean, there's yeah. you know, there's there's lots. So they're but, totally different areas. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Like six hours apart, totally different areas. Oh, wow. That's like, a big difference. Like, like mine? <laughs> yeah. I, I shot an elk right where my barrel was. <laughs> that, oh, really? That's how close together they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would be nice if we could have them all close together like that. Hmm. But yeah. yeah, yeah, they're they're way far apart. It, um, yeah, where are we elk at that bear density? Granted, I've actually seen more bears not on a bait where we elk hunt than where we bear hunt. Really? Kind of odd. Just just randomly last... seeing them, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's just random. And the last the last year that we actually did see a bear up elk hunting him and i were actually coming down off of a, a saddle that i had actually killed a bull in in like 2010 and it was a tanker chocolate we were just five minutes too fast that's literally all it was we just happened to look back up kind of there and big chocolate was walking up to the saddle we were just in huh like oh Worst part is we both had bear tags too. <laughs> yeah, we both still had our tags. <laughs> Do you guys? So it's kind of like, well, whatever. Have you ever shot a fall bear? I haven't. I no. haven't either. Uh-uh. I, I haven't either. So, well, I, I've never gotten a bear. So, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty open with that. I've never even uh, this this year, this this first season here was like my first official committed bear hunting with bait and all this kind of stuff like i went out a few times last year and just tried to spot and stalk and call them in or whatever but uh Mm -hmm. this this was my first year so um and i got screwed because we were moving i had my my house sold and i'm like my wife was pissed because i was spending all this time out trying to hunt a bear and (laughs) uh you know we're trying to pack up the house and what but anyway next season is going to be a lot different so i was just curious um, if you guys had like an opinion on on taste wise, bear meat, uh, you know, spring bear versus fall bear, I've I've heard a lot of varying opinions on that. I can say spring bear is good, and yeah. I'm trying to remember if I've ever had fall bear, but it 
I don't know. Yeah. Any 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 wild game animal, as long as you honestly take care of it in the proper way, and you actually know how to cook, that's the other thing that I think a lot of people they say, "Oh, my dog wouldn't eat it." <laughs> well, it's honestly because they don't know how to cook. Yeah. I think that's a good, yeah. thing, good thing of it. You know the the best but, wild game advice. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I cut you off there, Alex? We have kind of a mm-hmm. delay here. No. The best wild game um, advice in terms of cooking that I've ever gotten was from one of the guests on this show, and and he was talking about. And this guy's a chef. He's he's a chef for a living. He owns a pizza joint here locally. Um, he's he talked about that the the mistake people make is worrying about whether there's adrenaline and versus no adrenaline versus you know keeping it at this temperature or hanging it for this long and he said that the biggest mistake people make with any kind of wild game is treating it as if it's all beef and it's not and so you don't cook it like you cook beef and and that that kind of hit me because I kind of have always done that you know I'll kick I'll cook a, a deer steak the same way as like a t-bone or something, and and I figured out that you can't really do that if you want the full flavor and and, and to keep all the, I don't know the the the, the, the taste juices? and the, and the, the juices moisture? and the moistures and the yeah all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, yeah, for sure. So yeah, that, you definitely can't do that. That's a good way to that. That's a good area to transition here and and talk. I really, I was really, I, I obviously I wanted to talk about elk hunting. I love, or I mean bear hunting. I love bear hunting and all that, but. We got elk season coming, guys, and you guys, you guys are really good elk hunters. And I want to talk about some elk hunting. Um, and Hazen, the the one question I have for you, when mm-hmm. as, as we kind of move towards that, is why come to Idaho to hunt elk with all the giant bulls that are in Utah? Oh man, well the biggest thing is the season dates. They have them so early here that you get little to no rut activity. It's pretty much just a spot and stock hunt as far as the general ones. And then in the open units, I mean, our especially the open bull units, which I hunt, I don't hunt any of the, the spike-only you know, units or yeah, anything I was gonna, like that. I was going to clarify that. In Utah, you have open bull, which is any bull, or you have spike-only. And most of it's spike-only, but there's some open bull areas. Yeah. And I mean, the herds are down quite a bit. Um, and I mean, there's pockets that are loaded, but the thing is, a lot of them get pushed onto private too. That's even, I mean, it could be a huge piece of public ground and a small piece of private, and everything will get ran into there. Yeah. Um, but the herds up in Idaho are a lot bigger. Uh, you got a, a much better season with it being in September. And down here, like an archery elk tag is everybody's backup if they didn't draw a deer tag or any of the once in a lifetimes or anything like that. So it gets a little bit crowded. Yeah, that is, um, and I'm not trying to rag on Utah or the the DWR or whatever they call it down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was insane, dude. I mean, it was, and it was like that even when I was a kid. Like opening morning deer season. Sounded like the D-Day invasion, and yeah. I mean it was just an orange all over the place, and and I I just I have a bad taste in my mouth for some of the Utah seasons and the way they manage some of the units. Um, oh yeah, 
and and again, if if you're in Utah and um, you know you work for the DWR, is it is it DWR down there, Division of Wildlife Resources or something? Yes, sir. It, it, you know, don't take offense. It's I'm not trying to be offensive, but I mean the seasons and the and the tags and the unit and the way that it's all managed, it sucks for a resident. It sucks. So yeah, it gets pretty rough. Um, they did cut a bunch of deer tags this year because they realized that it wasn't what they had. What, what is going on in the background in the there? Years. Is somebody is somebody like Alex? Are you working on your house again? Mm-mm. No, I'm just sitting here. Okay, listening. Oh. Sorry. Anyway, sorry. What Hazen? Go go ahead with that again. Um. So they've actually this season they've cut the tags quite a bit compared to the years past and like which uh, ones uh open bowl or all of the general deer hunts oh gotcha yeah they didn't cut much for the elk mm-hmm. um they uh gosh they actually made it this year for youth unlimited uh open bowl tags so that's just to get because they did realize that hunter recruitment was going down, especially where it's so hard to get a tag anymore. Even a general deer tag, some of them are taking three, four years to get a general deer tag. Yeah, that's so. I I left Utah when I joined the Marines when I was eighteen, and I was gone for a long time. And I came back in two thousand and eight. Uh, and I made it, I don't remember if it was three seasons or four seasons, uh-huh. but there there was a point in which I hit where my wife was wanting to come back to Idaho, because we'd been in Idaho before, and I wanted to go back to Idaho just because of the hunting and, and the people that I, I knew up here. You know, we had we had really close friends up here, um, and, we, and honestly, we didn't have any down in Utah. Um, anyway, the point being... It was it was that last hunting season. My wife was like, you know, what what do you think about moving back to Idaho? Yeah, you know, and I, I said, you know what? Uh, let me jump on Craigslist and see if I can find a job. And I had a job in like two weeks, and and we moved. <laughs> we moved. Like it was it was just like that, man. I mean, and for me, it was because I have family in Utah, and they were like a little bent out of shape with me for for leaving Utah again. Uh, but you know, we'd spent most of our adult life at the time in Idaho, and I took that job down in Salt Lake. Um, and but the hunting is what killed me, man. I I just I can't deal with. Oh, you can't get this tag, even though your family has a ranch in that unit. Oh, you can't get that tag uh, because they sold out because everybody is lined up at Walmart at six o'clock in the morning getting their tags. Um, yeah. It just wasn't my thing, and I, again, I don't mean to rag on Utah hunting. Um, but I would be super interested in your opinion of point systems versus bouncing that off of maybe Alex's opinion because he's an Idaho resident of, of point systems. That's That would be an interesting topic. What what are your thoughts on that, Hazen? That one's definitely a double-edged sword. Is it? Um, yeah. In, in one sense, I like knowing that, yes, eventually I'm guaranteed to get that tag. But sometimes when you're looking at those draw odds and it's 18, 19, 20, 25 years, it's kind of 
that battle trying to get to that and it just kind of keeps creeping and, and that, i mean yeah go ahead and there is so 50 percent of the tags will go to random so you have a chance every single time it's not like um i believe colorado's highest points gets the tag no matter what mm-hmm. um down here i mean there's people every year that uh, we'll draw like a sheep tag or something with zero points, but there's a guy that's got 22 points that didn't draw. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely one of those, it's a good thing in some senses, but in others it's bad because it's just a long road ahead when you look at it. Um, like that mountain goat tag that I drew this year, uh, let's see, this is my 17th year putting in for it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there was a lot of times where i was close i was right there but then people would shuffle units and it would stretch that out and i'd get into that point creep so i actually didn't even think i was going to get it this year i thought that oh, i really? was probably about two years away yeah so there must have been a shuffle somewhere i just have from my perspective a hard time thinking that any unit in the American West is so great over other units that I'd have to wait 20 or 25 years to draw a tag for. For yeah. me, that doesn't compute, and I'm, I'm not going to play the game because yeah, there's other options. There absolutely is. I mean, some of the biggest bucks in the state of Utah are every year are killed on general units. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly, exactly. I mean, the two biggest bucks that I've shot were both on general units. I mean, I've only drawn one limited entry tag for deer my whole life, but I still killed bigger bucks on on uh, general units. Yeah, I don't know if, if listeners in this audience understand, but Utah has some freaking massive mule deer. Like, just insane yeah. mule deer. If you're anything like me, hunting is a year-round thing for you, and we're always thinking about how to make our next upcoming season a little bit better, and one way to do that is with gear. And you guys know I'm not a big gear junkie, but I do have some important gear items that I'm always a huge fan of, and they're right here available on this show. Let's talk about Scree gear. Scree is my go-to camo. Scree is high-performance hunting attire and gear, scientifically tested camo patterns, and all backed by a great company, and I wouldn't recommend it to you if I didn't truly believe in the Scree product. They've got a complete layering system for all terrain and conditions, gear designed to adapt to the weather, it's rugged gear, it's got a lifetime warranty, VIP sizing and exchange program, you can't go wrong with Scree. Get the best out there without breaking the bank, and to make it even better, use promo code the Western Huntsman for 15% off and free shipping. Hell of a deal. Check it out at ScreeGear.com. Next on the list is my oldest and fondest sponsor of the show is Phelps Game Calls. One thing I love about companies like Phelps Game Calls is the American success story that came out of it. And Phelps started in Jason Phelps' garage years ago, and it's now one of the premier hunting call companies on the market. And I wouldn't point you in that direction if I didn't feel like they were the best calls available. Jump on phelpsgamecalls.com. When you find a call you like, use promo code HUNTSMAN10 for 10% off. I promise you, you will not regret it. Hoffman Boots. Hoffman Boots is a go-to uh, boot company I've been using for years and years and years. 
And the cool thing about it is I'm only on my second pair of Hoffman Explorers. I put lots of miles on my Hoffman Explorers. They're a great boot. They're not going to cost you a small fortune to get. And they have all the same guarantees and warranties that every other company out there has. If you want to be confident, guys, do not skimp on boots. Go to HoffmanBoots.com. Get you a pair of, for for me, I like the 8-inch Explorers, but they also have the 6-inch. They have all sorts of different options. Check it out at HoppinBoots.com and use promo code HUNTSMAN10, all caps lock, for 10% off. And last but not least is Tacticam. Are you interested in filming your hunt? And are you interested in helping with conservation efforts throughout the uh, North American continent? Well, then I got a deal for you. Tacticam is a point of view type kind of camera that records in 4G. They also have other products like the film through scope, the FTS, and you attach that to your rifle scope and you can film your shot right there. And they have the mounts for your shoulder, for your head. They can, You can mount it to your bow. You can mount it to wherever and whatever you want. Lots of versatility with the Tacticam. Other products include, but are not limited to, the fisheye camera. The Tacticam Spotter LR is definitely worth a look if you want to film what you're seeing through your glass while you're actively hunting and get it on camera. It's a great thing. But I think that the thing that I'm most excited about with Tacticam this year is the new Reveal uh, cell cam that is coming out. This kind of this trail camera <clears throat> will send you images in real time as they're coming in. They've got like an enhanced antenna for better service. If you're like managing property or something like that, or you've got a bear bait set up somewhere that you have phone service, you can get those pictures right there to your phone. This uh, cell cam is super, super cool. I'm really excited about it. And you can get all this at the westernhuntsman.com forward slash gear. Go to the gear shop. You'll find all the Tacticam stuff right there. Uh, best pricing out there on it. And uh, what happens is we split the uh, profitable revenue from these sales of the Tacticam gear. And half of it goes to conservation efforts, uh, which vary depending on what quarter of the year it is. Right now we're raising money and trying to get some money over to Sportsman's Alliance. It's a great cause. And that is what's going to go down when you shop for Tacticam gear at thewesternhuntsman.com. So go over there and check it out and get you a camera. Guys, let's get back into it. I sure appreciate it. Alex, do you have like a contradicting or different perspective or opinion on the point system um, when you, when you're looking at something like Utah and the way they they manage versus Idaho? Um, in a way, I guess maybe. Like like he stated, you know, it, it is it's a it's an ongoing battle. Am I going to draw finally this year? It's based on points. Well, in Utah, you, like he did, he did say, you know, you have the you have the random side of things, which is fifty percent are guaranteed to that. Yeah. When you when you look at non-resident tags, because that's what I am, I am, you know, I'm a non-resident to Utah. Um, where I drew my deer tag this year in Utah, there's thirteen tags. Well, how many points I, did you have have to draw that? I I had six. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So it's not like you had 20, 20 years into this thing. Yeah. And 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 really, in the reality of things, I'm kind of I'm right in the the middle of where people on that on that particular unit draw tags. And it was kind of like one of them things. Like 
you know, you have a big dream of archery hunting the Ponce de Uh-huh. But you have to realize, and you have to sit there, and you're like, I'm 31 years old right now, and I have six points. Can I wait another 20 years and bow hunt that when I'm 50? Well, in the reality of things, no, no, you, I'm a, I'm a killer. I'm a, I, I want to go hunt and I don't care. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Hazen made this suggestion and so I did it. And next thing you know, I have a muzzleloader buck tag. I've never even held a muzzleloader <laughs> in my whole life. It's going to be like watching, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, circus, gonna record it. there's going to be a crash course for sure. Oh, there's, it should be some entertaining moments. It's, it's <laughs> probably going to, it's probably going to be like a retarded Chinese fire drill. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the only way I can picture it. Cause it's something new and it's, it's, it's different because you, you become kind of really profound with a rifle hunting or, or rifle, you know, just shooting a rifle. Or same with an archery or archery equipment, you know, you, you get used to that. And then with the muzzleloader, you're like, huh, new I game. Know, right? It's so totally to answer, a different thing. So to answer your question about the points game, it's, it is a battle. And you will be guaranteed a tag at the end of the time. How many times will you be able to hunt, though, is the question. And that's the, that's and, the question yeah. I, I ask everyone. And that, that was my so, problem. That Go ahead. So go ahead. With, with Idaho, I've got a friend this year that drew three of the greatest tags he could ever draw in his entire life, and he drew them in all three years, and that's because of the way Idaho's system is. Mm-hmm. And he can sit out one year and do it all over again in another year. But, you know, there's a lot of people like, like myself that can't draw a tag either. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's contradicting to each other, but if I had to pick a system, I would honestly pick the Idaho system. And that's just because of the simple fact you can draw any given year and everybody is at equal level, level playing fields. You know what I mean? They only have one pea in the pod pretty yeah. much. And as a resident, you, if you don't draw, you can hunt every year because of, I mean, we we can always get yeah. a tag here, and yeah, and, and that was that's an important thing to me. I don't want to because I know I know dudes down in Utah that um they hunt like every ten years when they draw a tag. What well, you know, and the, and these aren't great tags they're drawing, but if they don't draw a tag, they're not hunting. And see, when I was a kid, that wasn't an issue. Um, we we would go where we wanted in the state of Utah for the most part. There was a couple things like the Ponce Gaunt and, and uh, I believe the Henry Mountains or something like that um, uh-huh. yeah. that were limited. Uh, but for the most part, you just go buy your deer tag or your elk tag and you go hunting, right? And, and then they, they switched everything to this point system and, and – uh, I think the point system existed prior to that. I, I again, I'm pretty foggy with with that. I'm somewhat old, um, but it was <laughs> it was just like this thing where, you know, it wasn't an issue. Hey, let's all get a tag for this particular mountain range that we all knew. Uh, everybody buys a tag. We'll all go up and camp together and go off hunting and and it's a great time. Well, that's not really possible anymore. Um, unless you're putting no, in as a group, not. you know, and, and, and it kind of killed the whole family, friends, group hunting thing. And, 
Yeah, you know, by the time I left Utah, the only over-the-counter deer tag you can get was that northern unit, um, which isn't a terrible unit, by the way. Uh, I, I actually got a couple of nice bucks up there, but at the same time, it my, I, I have I have a family ranch down in central Utah that is butted up against these mountains that if I could have gotten a tag there, I knew where all the big bucks were. So it's just, it, it's such a... I feel like people that that have never lived in a state with a point system and, and that kind of management system think that that's a good idea. And then the people that live in that kind of state that has that kind of point system and management system um, despise it for based on the amount of people I talk to. Uh, and, and there's like a disconnect yeah. between those two groups. And there's there's people in Idaho that are barking for, you know, starting this point system and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's like, man, you have never lived somewhere like that. I, I, I wish you'd just sit down and get your tag and go hunting and just, just not worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't, well, don't push it. And, you know, what, what drives me honestly nuts, and it's uh, they don't understand it to start with, and they also don't even apply out of state. I mean, yeah, I drew my buck tag in Utah this year, so I threw Montana out. I didn't. I didn't put in for any other states and, and people don't realize there's different types of point systems too. That's the other, that's the other thing. And not, I mean, they all have their, their positive sides. They all have their negative sides. Idaho has their positive sides and negative sides for sure. But in the, in the reality of things, Idaho honestly has it really honestly pretty good. I mean, they do. It, you, you do. It's it's different. It's a great I mean, system. It it is a great system. Unfortunately, you know, it's kind of really filling up. By the way, Idaho's full. Go away, people. Yeah, there are no more <laughs> California applications allowed here. You yeah, can't come yeah, here. It's full. You're driving up our housing full. prices. Stay there. Fix it. <laughs> Who said so, that? Yeah, for sure. That's too funny. No, but yeah. it, and it, I, it's, it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I kind of have a skewed perspective on as far as trying to have to draw a general deer tag here in Utah. I have uh, a lifetime hunting license, which here gives me a deer tag every year. So the whole family hunt, me, my dad, my brother, we all have those lifetime licenses. And so we can pick whatever general unit we we want each year and which season, whether it be archery, muzzleloader or rifle. And so for me, that part, it doesn't affect me a lot. I know it does the other people and some people that I hunt with, and I have other family members that have to draw every year too. So it's, I don't have the greatest perspective on having to get that deer tag, but, uh, I definitely understand where everybody's coming from on it because, I mean, it just gets harder and harder. And now my kid's having to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, my nephew's had to. But uh, I just I, – and maybe maybe I'm unique in this way, but I, I know Utah, the idea is they're managing for quality versus quantity of hunts, right? Cor- correct, yep. And and I, I understand that. But for me, I I had – the opportunity to shoot multiple 
raghorn bowls last year and some bigger bowls and blah, blah, blah uh, in a very general over-the-counter unit. Uh, and, and people, you know, I, I, I was checking when I'd come back into service, I'd, I'd like check in on Facebook or whatever. And people are like, Oh, it's too crowded. We need a point system. Now, bitch, you need to get off your truck, get out of your truck and walk. Like, like it's not, I didn't see anybody for three freaking days and I'm in a very crowded unit. Like you got to get over this point system thing. And, and anyways, um, the, the point being, I would rather have the opportunity to shoot multiple raghorns in a season then draw every 10 years for the opportunity to shoot a 300 inch bull granted i'd yep. love to shoot a 300 inch bull but my objective is to fill my freezer and enjoy the experience and and if i can't do that on an annual basis i don't know that it, it's yeah, not worth absolutely. it to me it is not worth it to me well another thing with them draw hunts is they are they're stressful because you have such that stretched out time in between you when you can draw that tag mm-hmm. and i drew a bull tag in 2014 and i mean it was the coolest but the worst hunt i have been on because it was like if i don't kill a bull i'm not gonna be able to do this for another 15 years oh, man, here. that would stress me out yeah it was a mess and i mean i hunted i can't even remember how many days of the season like three quarters of it and i put on hundreds of miles on my boots and there's just a couple chance encounters in some weird spots but i mean the whole yeah. time my brother is telling me just calm down calm down and it's hard they're they're uh where you gotta wait so long they're just not and, really fun <laughs> well yeah kind of like you said you know he's got to wait Basically, fifteen years to do that. Yeah, it's you know, I applied it. for. I I have six. I have six years worth of points. At a non-resident license fee was like sixty-five bucks. I don't know what it is now. Plus my application fees, mm-hmm. and I have a a literally a, a ten-day hunt. That's that's what it is. That's what the season is. And so you you have to be willing to also be prepared to put everything you have into it and really do your homework. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree, man. Totally. So, agree. but on the flip side, you can go somewhere that doesn't have that. And I can't even no. count on one hand, how many bulls we see every year. Mm-hmm. Oh. So let, let's talk about that. How many bulls we're seeing each year. And let, let's talk about some elk hunting. Cause I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to shift all the conversations towards kind of elk hunting. You know, I know, I know we, we do the school yeah. of September series and all that, uh, which is super specific, but, um, I, I always want to during the summer, I, I, we get excited, you know, you can, you get the temperatures remind you what's coming and, and just, you know, September's just around the corner guys. What are we? Six weeks. If that, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like it's there. coming and, and yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm stoked this year, man. I, I've got, I don't know. Well, no, I'm not going to get into that. Um, <laughs> other than I'm a little worried about the drought we've been having up here, if they shut down like the national forest. But the anyway. Well, that's that's the neighbors to the east there, that, or to the west that'll do that still. <laughs> they did. They did. Like eastern yeah. Washington, I've, I've got some friends over there that are in panic mode because yesterday they announced they were shutting the national forest down, all public land. 
So state, federal, yeah. whatever. Any public land, they've they're going to shut it down on I can't remember the date. Uh, in a couple of days. So any scouting prior to September, um, they're kind of up a creek, and yeah. that sucks. They, that that really they sucks. They did the same thing in in a couple of the national forests and stuff down there in Arizona. They did the same deal this year. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, I think it was last week they shut a bunch of them down. Shoot, man, I'm going to Arizona to hunt this year. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. And it's not the whole state. It's just a couple of particular spots is all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Congrats on your coos tag, man. Thanks, That's dude. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I was excited. So it was weird. I didn't think I drew it because uh, my buddy down there, he's like, oh, yeah, um, everybody's got a hit on their card, so you should you should have a look. And, and I'm like, dude, I don't have anything. He's like, you must not have drawn. I'm like, that sucks. And a week goes by, and then, bam, they hit my card. So... <laughs> pretty excited <laughs> yeah yeah you'll have a hell of a time dude it'll be yeah, great it'll be fun it'll be fun man um anyway with with elk i i wanted to mm-hmm. alex and i were talking hazen and i, I want to get like everybody's opinion on this alex and i were talking about what you can and can't get away with during <laughs> elk season right and, and like is in yeah. terms of sounds and visual things that um it's interesting, like, well, I mean, it's just that simple, what you can get away with in front of an elk. Because I feel like deer are somewhat more intuitive in terms of when they hear a strange noise or they hear a, or they see something that is just out of place. And the things I've got away with, with especially with whitetail, um, uh-huh. like, it doesn't even compare. Elk, I get away with a lot more. And I want to get your guys' take on that. What's you guys? What do you guys think, Alex? Do you want to start with you? Um, it's weird because some bulls, you you could jump up and honestly do a jumping jack. That's the way I feel about them. Yeah. You could do a jumping jack, and you could be getting away with it. Other bulls, it's kind of like they kind of tiptoe in, and they they are. They're an oversized mule deer, more or less, mm-hmm. and they are. They're they're looking for every little thing that could be wrong to leave. Um, what is the craziest thing that you've ever gotten away with in front of an elk? Last year, hands down, Hazen's bull. Okay, I gotta hear bear, the story. Bear, like straight up bear bottom. I mean, that's the it's the dumbest freaking thing in the world. <laughs> Yeah, that, I thought that was over probably eight or nine times. Yeah, it was. It was like, I mean, I mean, I'll try and make the story short because I know we're we're on a timeline here. But we had we'd been chasing a a dandy bull. I mean, he's probably in the like three twenties, three thirties, maybe size class. And, well, he went up the bottom and and then went up another ravine and we knew that you know you go up that and with the thermals changing it's going to be game over and so to keep him in the drainage we stayed in the bottom and away from him which is the hardest thing to do as a as a elk hunter is because you're like oh my god this thing's like a this is a nice bull you know you gotta go after it well there's not really a real simple way of of doing that i mean it 
in the in the terms of especially like where we Kent. So we stayed in the bottom and we knew from a, the night before, because Hazen and I had actually split up. He went into this canyon and I went into a different spot and we went solo just to cover ground because we were getting we were getting beat to death pretty much. Yeah, it was and, a rough one for a while. Yeah, it was it was it's honestly one of the most miserable outcomes I've ever been on. And we well, uh, can, can I ask you a quick question about it? Yeah. What part of the month was this? We so we we generally actually go the last week of September. Okay. All right. Um, we've played the moon phase game a couple of times in the reality of things. I I don't personally think it makes a difference. Hazen might have a an opposite opinion of that, but we we went up the bottom. And this canyon, it like wise, and then it goes forever long again. And he had seen like, you know, half dozen to ten bulls the night before in this canyon. So we're like, yeah, they were a, stacked in there. Like, there's got to be other bulls. So let's just kind of like, let's play it smart, not push the big dog out of here, mm-hmm. and and we'll we'll just see what happens. And so we kind of meandered up the bottom and we got to the Y and I'm like, God, I'm hungry. And Hazen's like, me too. You know, like we're, it's like 1030. We've been up since 430. It's breakfast time. Yeah. <laughs> and we were on like day eight or something. Yeah. Like it's like, day eight straight. like I'm to the point I'll kick my boots off, which that's not a good thing because my feet think the high hell like this is bad. Yeah, like, that ain't happening. Yeah, it's like it's it chases bad. all the elk up in three oh, states. Dude, no, no, yeah. I could I could chase out I could chase out a whole restaurant of people with just taking my boots off. You don't um, need I, any kind of bug repellent. You just take your shoes no, off and you don't get yeah, the mosquitoes. I just, I take my, it just it's pretty bad. <laughs> and so we get to this this spot and it's kind of like some open sagebrush type stuff i mean it's like i'd say maybe the brush is like 18 inches tall for the Mm -hmm. most part with a few little scrub pines that are like two foot tall and i'm like well let's find a spot and we find this spot and i'm like well before we i guess bus or backpacks open let's uh maybe call a couple of times see if anything answers before we do something dumb well we called and nothing happened then the big dog answered up there, and we're like, yeah, screw you, whatever. And so we literally sat down and dug into our backpacks and had shit spread from here to kingdom come because it's like breakfast time. Yeah. <laughs> and well, that bull bugled when the other, when the big bull it bugled at us. The bull that I shot, I'm pretty sure, he bugled, but uh, yep. I don't know. 200, 250 yards away, but he's in the timber, so we just figured, oh, we'll wait and go mess with him once he beds down. Yeah. Yeah. And so I get a granola bar out, and I'm eating this granola bar, and I look over, and Hazen's doing his thing over there, whatever he's doing. And I take a bite, and I remember, I look up, and I have this, you know how, like, a dry granola bar is? It's, like, miserable. You You can't choke that shit down, like, there ain't no choking it down, and there ain't no spitting it out either. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I and I look up, and this bull is standing on the edge of the timber line. And I'm like, oh fuck! Like, like that's the instant. Like that's just bare bottom words to it. Like, oh fuck! <laughs> and and I'm like, how far like away? Little, uh, you said like edge of timber. Eighty yards. Oh, eighty yards. Okay. Like, okay. Like eighty yards. And so he's in like is like what? And I point over the trees and he's like, Oh God, you know, like there's no right there. And I'm like, yeah, there's no right there. Was he looking at you? He's kind of like looking over towards general us. General direction. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Kind of general direction. And I'm like, Oh, this is totally going to go up and smoke. We're sitting in the wide open. We have like no trees and the wind swirling like it's like about to switch. <laughs> yeah, this elk is like toast. Like it, this is not gonna go He's well. He's out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, this is a whole bunch of times. <laughs> and and that and, you know, and the the parts in between, I don't really remember if you know somebody honestly cow called or or something. But this no, bull was kind of it was dead silent. We didn't make a sound because we were too exposed. And this bull kind of kind of meanders over and there's like some like ravines that are like i'd say they're like as deep as a pickup is tall mm-hmm. and this this bull kind of comes over and he kind of comes up and then he's like now he's like 25 yards and i'm thinking oh this ain't good <laughs> like this, this the is wind good. is completely blowing over the back of us right to him yeah, really? like a hundred percent. Not well, even at care, an angle huh? or anything. Like, no, he did uh, not like, care. And then I looked over, and my granola bar wrapper is blowing up from the ground like this great big giant twinkling star. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is really, <laughs> this is this is this is so screwed. Like this is like beyond messed up. Like don't don't test us here, Lord. It's been eight days of hell. We don't need a ninth. <laughs> and and the bull literally just kind of like he was so love drunk pretty much because we'd hyper cow called and he was looking for that cow in estrus. He was he was really looking for that cow. And he already knew that that bull was across the canyon. The big dog Deep. was across the canyon and up the ridge. He already knew that. So he could steal this cow. This was his mm-hmm. chance to breed. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so the j- just a, a quick pause. Um, do do you guys have a call sitting there? You can demonstrate this uh, this sound you made. I'm just curious. I don't have one. You don't have one on you. I didn't. Uh, Dude, all my all my freaking calls are in my storage unit, like an hour away right now, because I accidentally put the wrong bin in there. Um, oh. I, gotta, I gotta go <laughs> dig it out, man. Anyway, okay, carry on with the story then. So. So this bull kind of, kind of, you know, walks down and well, I'm not going to shoot an arrow over Hazen's head cause he's closer. Plus his tag's more expensive. So I don't really honestly care about my $30 oak tag, nor do I need <laughs> to meet my freezer. So I'm kind of like trying to hunker down. Like, I don't even know what the best situation is here. So I'm kind of like, Oh God, I'm just going to lay in the bushes here type of thing. And I seen an arrow fly and it looked like it hit good. And that bull went 70 yards 
approximately from where it was shot to down. Probably actually less than that. It's probably like it was 40. Less, it it's was, probably like 40. Yeah, and, less than that even. But yeah. yeah, it was short. It was really close. Did, when you <laughs> hit him, he did, just, he, did he run uphill or downhill? He ran, he ran down. down. Okay. And he timbered over and and I mean that was that was that and it was kind of a it was kind of a bittersweet moment because not only was it you know like I'm standing there with my best friend in the whole wide world and he just finally punched an oak tag after eight days of hell and our unit was floodgated and you know it was a it was a mess last year. What, what do you mean floodgated? So well, we just you know with. Before the the pre non resident changes of things. Also, it, it was it was crowded. It was super crowded. Oh, it was it was it was yeah. crowded. It was yeah, crowded. between between hunters and then everybody just, was off because of COVID. So I mean, there was more fishermen there this year than we've seen in the last six and, years. And campers and four wheeler riders and hikers. I mean, it was kind of like bird like, watchers. Yeah, yeah, it was like busy. It was mm-hmm. busy, and. So we were taking like this, you know, video and we're doing the high five thing, you know, and it's cool. Well, like two days before that, we'd watched the military practice flying, you know, their, their missions or whatever, their test practices, you know, flying real low through the canyons and then hitting the side of the mountain and going straight up, and, you know, like practicing for like Iraq and Afghanistan and all them, all them places where, Currently, the U.S. has issues, and so they're 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 like training down there, huh? Yeah, you know, out of the yeah, Air Force Base. Yeah, out of, the, out of yeah. the Air Force, one of the Air Force bases. Don't know which one, but how do you know yeah. that it wasn't a bunch of military dudes that had elk tags and they were just hunting? I mean, they got well, they, guns they on those. Been. They got guns on that shit. They were they, in they, the right spot then. <laughs> then. They were in the right spot. <laughs> huh? But it was it was kind of really cool because. I remember we were getting ready to take pictures and Hazen's got a hold of this bull. And I mean, it's a, it's a typical Idaho raghorn. I mean, he's just, he's a, he's a four point bull. I mean, that's what he is, but it doesn't take the fact away from, you know, it's, it's cool. It's way cool, gotta, man. I mean, like that yeah, yeah, shouldn't you, even you gotta, be explained. You gotta, you gotta, uh, a freaking yeah. <laughs> elk with a bow. I don't care yeah. if it's in the negative on points. A freaking yep. <laughs> elk with a bow is, is a and, it's an accomplishment, man. And and so the best the best part is is like we're getting ready and he has a he has a hold of this bull's horns, you know, like we're kinda getting him rearranged and stuff. But we can hear those jets coming. And Hazen busts out his phone and my phone's like all tangled up in my pocket and I was just like not fast enough. Well the only thing that he screwed up on was he forgot to hit the record button. I double punched it. Yep. Oh, that would have been cool, man. Uh, and yeah, and I was pretty pissed afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Dang. And, but yeah, that I mean, there was ass. like, there was literally a whole lot of America going on in that canyon that oh, day. Oh man, that. I mean, yeah, it was, all you would have needed to add to that is like a flag and like a smoke grenade to kind of have <laughs> in the background. Oh man, that would have been way cool. Yeah, it was cool. It was a pair of them. I mean, they couldn't. They weren't more than a hundred yards above us when they came oh, no. over that ridge. Huh. Yeah, I mean, that's cool, and man. It, and then, 
I mean, we were sitting there like skinning this bull out and there's mountain goats up on the hill and we've seen deer over in this meadow. And I mean, that's what being a bow hunter is about. Oh, that's, totally. I mean, I mean, that's, that's yeah. the bottom line. That's the bottom line it's, of it. It's magic, man. It, it is total magic. I love the story. And I, what I, what I really like about it is, is what you kind of highlighted there with like, okay, we're sitting there, we're having lunch. We're not, we're not actively trying here. But you made no. some sounds, and the bull was interested. And between granola bars and fighter jets and everything else that could have gone wrong, <laughs> that thing still came in, and he got a shot off, and he, he didn't even go 40 yards and died. And and th- that is just that's what hunting is, man. And and it's it's this this drive to experience that exact kind of thing that you'll remember your entire life, and that story that you'll always have. Um, and, and I just, I love that kind of stuff, man. I like the hair on the back of my neck stands up when you guys tell stories like that. Even if it is just a four point, you know, everybody says that, oh, it's just a four point. No bullshit, man. It's a 700 pound elk and, and it's, it's an elk that you got with a bow. Um, not to take away from rifle hunters by any means, but, but it is just a huge accomplishment. It's, it's such a different thing that people, can you imagine being one of those people that live in these huge, like, metropolitan, how do you say that word? Metropolitan? Metropolitan. Mm-hmm. Areas like like Sheep Los land. Angeles or Philadelphia or, you know, some of these places. You know, there's people that live in those kind of places that never even leave the city. And yeah, they've never seen outside world at all. They've never seen a world without concrete. And and we're we're out here experiencing this in, in the places that we go. Um, and, and there's those kind of people that they will never have that kind of experience. It's such a unique thing and it's such a, uh, a moving, like spiritual thing, not to sound like cheesy or anything, but everybody needs a little cheese in their life. So that's, that's what it is, man. And it's just an amazing thing. And I I love hearing you get, you could tell I'm excited. I I, I just love hearing stuff like that. And, and it, it was, it was a, it was a super super ex- different type of feeling i don't know how to i don't know how to word it it was moving man. you know it's a, it's it, a it, it was it, yeah. it was it was moving yeah it was, and, it was and, nice to finally have it come together after all the work and everything we've done even yeah um prepping for it mm-hmm. like i switched from shooting right-handed to left-handed in july last year oh Really? That was another big thing, yeah, being able to get say, that monkey uh, off my back. Now, say that one more time, Hayes, and you switched from sh- uh, shooting right-handed to left-handed? Yes. Why yeah, did you do I, that? Um, I got some damage in my right eye a few years ago, and it started affecting um, my vision, especially when I'm looking through my peep. Uh, gotcha. I, everything was just blurry. I couldn't differentiate the pin from the target. And I'm left eye dominant anyways, and I actually grew up shooting left-handed, but then went back or went to right-handed for convenience. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I couldn't see very good, I was like, oh, screw it. I'm just going to jump ship on the right-hand deal, go left-handed, and just go for it. And uh, I had killed an antelope last year left-handed, which was the first thing, and that was less than a month from switching. But then that elk, that was kind of the, the one like 
tell me, okay, you really can do this. Like, well, you're nuts, able dude. to do the switch hit. Do you feel and, like that misses? Oh, sorry, Alex, did I cut you off, dude? Uh, just kind of for a second, but it wasn't even go. It wasn't even the it wasn't even the elk telling him that he can do this. The dude killed a <laughs> seventy-eight inch goat with me last year too, a seventy-eight inch pronghorn mm-hmm. that. You know, I spent 40 days scouting, something like that. And so to to be able to make that that transition, and sometimes you like, all right, dude, like I know you're my best friend and all, but um, you really think you can do this? Like you kind of <laughs> like, you sit in your mind and you're like, I don't know, I don't know about this. I always well, tell Alex, don't ever doubt me. <laughs> well, and, and and I don't, I don't worry about, I don't worry about those, those, those issues as far as a hunting partner and relationship goes with Hazen. But when he made that transition, obviously that left arm is, is a lot, it's a lot weaker because you haven't been doing that with that arm. Plus the muscle memory, and, man. Think about the muscle and, memory there. Yeah, yeah. It was a struggle. I tried to. When I brought that bow home, even just in my house, because where I'm at, I can't shoot in my backyard. Yeah. I, I'm sure the cops would be here within 15 minutes if I did. But uh, I was shooting, trying to get between 50 and 100 arrows every night just to build that muscle up. Mm. So you have to, like, drive out and find – or well, there's probably a range around there, huh? Yeah, we have the Eastern Archery Center that's just down the street from my house. And down there, I mean, you can shoot, I think it's 90 yards inside in the air conditioner. So Oh, that that's not bad. Nice. Yeah, that's super yeah. nice, man. <laughs> hey, Alex. Yeah, but, Alex, are you are you, uh, are you you proud of me or disappointed that I got a PSE? I'm actually proud of you. I, I'm just proud I bought being, a new bow, man. Being... Being uh, a little tiny part of, I'm not going to claim the big part because I'm just the guy that walks in and when I see the counter slammed at Advantage Archery, <laughs> I I I help out and that's and that's you know Caleb Caleb Drake has given me tenfolds more than I have ever deserved in my entire life. I yeah. I can honestly you know straight up be honest about it, but. PFC has created a a new monster that actually does compete with Hoyt. Their cams the are yep the Evo the Evo cam. I'd shoot it. Uh, I really would. I really you, would shoot it. I'm, if we could, if we can get together, you can shoot my bow. I love it, dude. But I I I only have my old bow to compare it to. So I mean, I'm not some you know, expert in different brands. Well, you know, the thing is, though, is you as a person, I mean, I'm a Hoyt, I'm a Hoyt and I'm a PSC kind of guy. That's, that's, that's what I am. And I, and I did staff for Martin for a long time when I was a lot younger. Mm-hmm. But in the reality of things, if you're a, a talented shooter, it doesn't honestly really matter what bow you have in your hand as long as you're comfortable with it i mean you could be shooting a 1997 barnett and drive x's and, <laughs> i forgot and, about I mean, those <laughs> but but that i mean that's that's the reality of things 
and if you're as long as you're comfortable with it, yeah. run it. That that's and that's where I'm at. But Hazen, what kind of bow do you shoot? Uh, I shoot a Hoyt. Do you? You got so you guys yeah, are both I Hoyt actually, guys. Well, and I had a PSE before I got this one. Uh huh. You did. But I'm one of those guys. I don't branch man. It don't matter to me. No. Um, I will bounce around. I mean, I've shot PSE. I've shot Matthews, Elite, Prime. It's just whatever, whatever is comfortable at the time. Yeah. There's, and there are some years where there's a few bow models that come out, and you're like, that thing is just not. That's weird. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel right. But some the guy next to me, it might be his favorite bow he's ever owned. And that's and that's the yeah. thing, and that's that's the part where. I don't really honestly get too much into it. Like, I know they're all good. They all have their their negatives, and they all have their positives. They're all great bows. But the thing to me that was honestly the most amazing thing to actually see last year wasn't the fact that we got away. I mean, that was pretty amazing that we got away with him killing that bull. <laughs> but it was actually his antelope. He had a killer antelope tag last year, and it's a unit that we've both hunted time before, and we've killed some really awesome pronghorn out of it. Mm-hmm. And wow. I thought the I thought the first day with him, and this goat showed up, and it was kind of like it, honestly, kind of caught us with our pants down more or less, and it was kind of like, uh, it's not the buck we're after, but that's a great buck, you know, like, mm-hmm. and so we, it, it ended up walking away. Well, the next day it was like, okay, game time. We yeah. arranged it after we got to watch it for like 45 minutes. We're like, uh, that was a total screw up. Yeah. About at the time it walked away, I went, oh, you dumbass. What are you doing? You should have shot that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 uh, needless to say, my, my boss, that I still currently am employed by, he had the same tag and he had, he had shot a buck and, and it was, you know, lower light. And so I went out the next day to help him find it. And so I kind of told Hazen what's going on. And he's like, okay, not a problem. You know, I'll go sit and blind. I'm like, that buck showed up at literally five o'clock on the dot. I'm going to go sneak over there now and watch it. And I watched it from two miles away. The whole spiel go down. That's cool. And and it, no, it was like super cool. The only thing Way that cool. sucked, the only thing that sucked is I literally forgot my phone scope in my truck. Do you like so those, I, man? I need to get one of those. I like them. I mean, yeah. it's kind of retarded because it's like ninety dollars in a piece of plastic. But do they work? Hell yeah, they work. I heard yeah. I heard you can get canceled for saying retarded nowadays. Is yeah. that true? I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. If I just <laughs> That'd be said retarded it. if you got canceled for saying retarded. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I watched him shoot this buck, and I'm like, okay, I know he hit it. And I watched the antelope, and his legs are starting to like fall out from underneath of him, and then it just kind of like boop, fell over. Fell down. What was amazing is when I went up there, I did not realize that he had shot that sucker like a little bit quartering to him. That broadhead at only like 60 pounds 
went all the way through that buck and was sticking two-thirds of the way out of the joint in the hip bone. What broadhead are we yeah. talking? It's a um, slick trick viper trick. Slick trick viper trick. And I'm only shooting huh. a 400 grain arrow. I'm shooting a, a light arrow at 60 pounds. I think I'm only shooting like 275 feet a second. And that arrow, when it went into that, it's the hind leg joint. Mm-hmm. It went all the way buried to the back of the blades. The blades are flush with the bone in the actual joint. Wow. Wow. I mean, the, That's awesome. the amount of penetration <laughs> was crazy. And is and that a two or like a three blade? It's a four blade. So it's four basically blade. two main ones and then a, and two shorter bleeder blades. Gotcha. Wow. That's pretty uh, impressive. There, I was impressed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, over the years, I've shot probably 30 different broadheads and killed animals with them. And that one is by far the most impressive one that I've shot. So, and, and, and that's that's why I'm asking, guys, is because I've been shooting the same bow, basically the same arrow, and only like two different broadheads over the last a little over a decade. And, and I'm just I, I've just I'm just stubborn like that. I just okay, this works, you know, <laughs> blah blah blah. So this year I'm trying all new shit, and and it's uh, it's going to be interesting. So anyway, that's why I ask. But that's it's always good. I, I shot different broadheads the year before last. Killed stuff with those. I had never shot them before. I like to try different stuff. You never know. You might find the greatest one. Before that, I had shot um, Wacom four-blade uh, broadheads mm-hmm. for probably six those. years. And that's probably my second favorite. I mean, I have shot a pile of stuff with those, and I've never had a single issue with them. Yeah. Um, Penetration's been phenomenal, and blood trails have been insane. Good to know. Yeah, I just, I just, uh, I've never been like you had mentioned earlier. You're not a big brand guy. I, I am definitely not a brand guy. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't even tell you what the brands are of half the stuff I use during hunting season. I, I don't know. I don't know. Looks good. I buy it, and it works. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm not a brand guy unless it's bear stuff. Yeah, they're, they're well. I'm learning. <laughs> Um, interestingly, the, the one thing that has really taught me a lesson is, um, do you guys have riding lawnmowers? Uh, I don't, I don't, my dad does. Uh, All right. Well, here's the thing I, I have where, where I live, if you've got lawn, it's usually big and you need a riding lawnmower. And I'm not saying that because everybody has these big, whatever it's because we live out in the country, right? Um, mm-hmm. and so I've got friends that buy these really expensive riding lawnmowers that get them two, three, four years before they need to go spend a bunch of money and repairs on them. Mm-hmm. Seven years ago, I bought a used craftsman lawnmower from this dude <laughs> that fixed it up. And he's like, I'll sell this lawnmower to you for 500 bucks. And it's a piece of shit. And I thought, man, if I can get a couple of years out of this, I'd, I'd be happy. You know, 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I'm still cruising around on this damn Craftsman lawnmower that I, I bought for 500 bucks, and it still runs like a champ. Now, in my current situation, as of about four weeks ago, I don't have any lawn to worry about, so I took the 
I took the blade, you know, the, the actual mower part off of it, so it's just like now it, it's a little mini tractor just, to haul logs or whatever. But little lawn tractor. Exactly, and and the <laughs> thing runs like a champ, dude. I, I it starts up every time. The only problem is I popped a tire on it once, and I put a new tire on it, and so the the point being is you never know. Like Craftsman is not considered one of the best lawn tractors out there, right? Um, yeah. But but this thing is cooking along. I spent 500 bucks on it almost a decade ago, right? And, and so <laughs> it's such a hard thing. It's such a hard concept to like compute for me to drop a certain amount of money on certain things because they're this brand. I, I just I have a hard time with it. Um, but but there are certain things where it makes sense, you know. And so, anyways, guys, we're going like on two hours here. Uh, we need to wrap mm-hmm. this up. Um, and I feel like we didn't even cover everything we wanted to cover. What do you say? Well, we can have another episode. I'm we good. might have to. We might have to. Yeah. Like I have, yeah, I have a, I have an algorithm thing that I, um, I monitor, and it tells me exactly when I need to cut the length of the podcast off, or people just stop listening anyway. So we're, oh, yeah. we're right there. <laughs> so, uh, and that was partly my fault because I get, I get rambling. But I warned, no I that. warned Alex. I warned Alex. I, I, I will. Well, ramble. I already know. Yeah, yeah. You You're the know. new chatty Kathy. You're the a, new chatty Kathy. I'm kind of a chatty Kathy, and that's that's okay because that's why <laughs> we get that's along, worse dude. Than me. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it well, it's helpful at times for sure. It can be. My yeah. wife, my wife is super reserved and shy, and I'm super outgoing and talkative, and so we're like this good mix in public. She'll like kick me if I'm talking too much, or she'll <laughs> kick me if I need to talk more to cover her ass because she won't want to talk. So anyway, it works out. That's too funny. <laughs> but, uh, On that topic, if I uh, go for it, just it's a quick one. <laughs> talking about chatty Cathy's. So we were elk hunting a few years ago. And we oh, see this Lord. guy bringing this bull down off the mountain. And we're like, oh, cool. We'll wait till he gets to the truck. And his dad's there waiting. And um, this was before I knew how, uh, let's see, what is the word I'm looking for? I could tell Alex the honest truth of what I was thinking. <laughs> what are and, you saying? Now you can't? No, now I can. Back then, it was still kind of new. Oh, oh, year, I, missed, I, I misheard. I misunderstood. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. And I think the guy was asking some questions, and it was just kind of a little puffy-puffy, but still nice. And then the guy had a really nice bull. It was a, like a 300-inch, maybe a little bit less than that, six points. Wow. He's pretty proud of it. And... <laughs> when we get back to camp and I was like man you need to just calm down I was like what are you talking about I was like if you talk to me like that I'd have beat your ass right there on the dirt road <laughs> it's, it's just he still wanted to talk but he wasn't paying attention to what he's saying he was uh, <laughs> speaking before he was thinking and some of the stuff was like that's normal talk between us but I don't think other people want to uh, have to deal with that. <laughs> well, it happens, and that, but that's a sincere person too. The oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, um, now that's that's great. I it was funny when you were telling that story. Uh, my thumb accidentally hit mute on my microphone there, so I went silent. Sorry about that. Okay, no, no worries. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. That was, after that time, I was like, hey, dial it back, and now he'll ask me. 
Was that too much? No, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he's yeah, got but, some self-awareness. Yeah, but... Oh, yeah. Now it's like... He'll tell me, like, you need to go over there and talk to them. All right. Give me a beer. I'll go over there. Let's go talk to him. <laughs> him and TJ it, it hide the camper. It definitely does like, have its advantages, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, personal it, uh, recommendations on favorite beer. I'm a Coors Light guy. Good man. Yeah, that's Coors Light. Unless it's like a micro brewery, then it's Mooster all day long. And I, and I really hope, I really hope Hazen's dad listens to this. Ugh. Bush light and bush beer sucks, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a diehard bush beer guy, and he has been for ever since I was Ew, a kid. God, bush, man. That's panther piss. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. I can't. I was going to see if you fight. want if you wanted to get your dad on, but if he drinks bush light, I, I just don't know if I can pull it off. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> so it, it's pretty fun it's always a go or like a running joke especially at bear camp it's like god i'm gonna have to drink bush beer i better just start with that because if i drink anything else before that it's just gonna taste like shit when i gotta drink bush beer dude you gotta do you guys still have that utah beer where you have to drink a 12 pack to even fill it or is it have they upped that since then no they changed it to the same as everybody else because um the breweries were like no we're not gonna just make you guys a special beer anymore you're gonna have to just get with the times so it's we, about time we have dude. Full what power the hell's beer. with that so it's that my oh, yeah. my uncle lives down in in utah and he he could drink beer like a fish until he came up and visited us a few years ago in idaho well <laughs> yeah. this was this was a few yeah, years ago he came he comes up and starts drinking sure. some idaho beer and about he about killed over by seven o'clock at night. I'm like, dude, you can't drink beer like that here. Like, what, yeah. what is this? <laughs> yeah, that's so. too funny. Yeah, it's like a, a twelve pack down here back then was like a six pack up there. I always thought it was like a good business move from the brewery because they could you, you have to like produce and sell twice the amount of beer to get the same effect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's kind of screwball about it is, like, you'd go down to the liquor store, and you could buy beer that was 10%. I know, man. All, all the microbreweries and stuff had a higher higher alcohol content. Yeah. Just yeah. the grocery stores and the gas stations didn't. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll, yeah. And they and they won't sell it to you on Monday, or Sunday sometimes in certain counties. Yeah, in, in certain counties. They won't. And I actually think that might have changed this year in the one particular county that was that way. I'll never forget when I got pulled over on a Sunday in North Carolina, and the dude asked me where I was going, and I told him I was going deer hunting. And he said, well, that's a problem because you can't hunt on Sundays in North Carolina. And I laughed in his face, thinking that he was full of it. But it was true. He brought this big book over to my truck. Because he knew, you know, I was stationed there in the military, not not normally, not familiar with it. And he knew uh-huh. I, I had a Utah driver's license at the time. And I'm like, well, you can't, well, you can't hunt on Sunday. Give me a break, you know. And he brings this big book over. And I'm like, man. And he shows it to me. The, the, uh, the what do you call that? The statute? The piece oh, of legislation? Yeah. Whatever it is. Shows it to me. And I was blown away, man. And he yeah. he started laughing at me for laughing at him, and he's like, I'm just going to let you out because you were speeding. 
Uh, but you just need to go back and, you know, put your rifle up, go hunting tomorrow or something. And anyway, it's just, it's interesting. Those kind of different nuances throughout the country, right? Yeah. Strange stuff yeah, for sure. For sure. I think it's just, it was the same way in Pennsylvania until oh, I think this year all as well. Over, all through like many, several of the, uh, East coast or like Southern states, Southeastern states. That's, that's a thing. They can't, mm-hmm. they can't hunt on, on uh, Sunday. So strange, strange for sure. Super strange. So, uh, Anyway, for this all, for this all ends too. We gotta, we gotta give a shout out to Nick Hopkins over at Boardmasters too, because Hazen and I wouldn't have had a season like we would have if it wasn't for Boardmasters. So, so I, I will tell you, I don't know, I don't know him, and I've never tried that stuff. Um, and you're missing out, brother. I know, but it contradicts. I'm a Beatum 907 guy, and and it's nothing against yeah. Boardmaster. It's just Beatum 907 is what I use. And it was great for me, and so uh, I want you to give him a better shout out than you just did. He deserves better. No, he. Oh yeah. Well, Nick Nick deserves the world. He honestly does. He's treated Hazen and I so great that it's it honestly it blows my mind. Yeah, I've been using his great. stuff since I started, and I mean, I've tried countless different ones, in and out, like mixing them. Using them all at the same time, but in different bait sites. And this one, Boremasters, has always been my um, go-to. And I, great I, product, great customer service for sure. Yeah, and it, that's the the beauty of what I do in terms of some of these brands out there. Hey, I don't if I if if I'm promoting like a competitor product because I will. I I am a Beatum 907 guy. Ooh. Nothing's going to change me from that. But yeah. but that does not mean that I'm looking down on your product. Uh, I just no. I don't know you. I, I I don't know the product. I've never used it. Um and and I have a relationship. And I was explaining this on somebody on social media, where a lot of a lot of the stuff that I use gear wise or otherwise, it's very much relational for me. I know the well, people, right? Well, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and and you have to. It's kind of like a, it's it's like a mom and pop shop, like. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in my my little teeny tiny town of Beulah, Idaho, we have three pizza places, and I go to the train station. That's where I that's where I go. That's my local watering hole. That's my pizza joint. Oh, that's where you place, called me they, one that that one time. You had too many beers. You're yeah. like, I'm at the pizza place drinking beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see. I've done it season two probably. Yeah. I but, usually don't after answer the phone after eight thirty. <laughs> but but we have a Domino's now. They don't they don't serve alcohol of any sort whatsoever. And then we have also have another another place. And I choose mom and pop. Well, it's kind of like the same same thing. You're choosing a mom and pop shop. It's kind of like Phelps Game Calls. Mm-hmm. Hazen and I run Phelps Game Calls. They're right. awesome. They last. Yeah. They work. They've proven themselves so why not continue with something that you you do know works for sure that kind of that that kind of thing yeah exactly and it's again i have i have a relationship with phelps i have i have a relationship with the owner of hoffman boots um and you know if i'll I'll use hoffman boots as an example if hoffman boots was a shitty boot they would not be mm-hmm. a sponsor on this show, regardless of whether or not I know the owner. But because no. I know the owner, and I've been using those boots, and they've never failed me, 
it's a great product to recommend, right? And so it, it, it all Absolutely. starts with a relationship. Yeah. And so that, that's where it comes from. And I, I always like to explain that to people. Um, but anyway, guys, we are super long here. Uh, we, we are past what I am supposed to run these for. Uh, and that is always a sure sign that it was a good conversation. We had a lot of fun, and I think the audience is going to get a lot out of this. Uh, again, this is just hunting banter. Uh, I love. I want to do more of these kind of episodes where it's just banter. There's no like real objective with the show. It's just banter, um, and and I think they're the most fun, and and sometimes they're the best to listen to. So you listeners out there, if you have an opinion on that. Shoot me an email at jimatthewesternhuntsman.com and let me know what you think. Do you like hunting banner? Do you like like actual directed topics? You know I, that that always helps me as well. So Hazen and Alex, uh, you guys yep. as always, you guys were a lot of fun to have on. I appreciate you guys coming on and taking the time uh, listening to me yak and host this show for almost two hours here. Um, that says a lot about your character and your patience. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having us. Well, we appreciate well. that. Yeah. Well, as always, Jim, you're one of a kind. You, you guys will come on again, right? Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. Sweet. We'll be back. We might have yeah. to have a middle of a school September or I don't know. We'll figure it out. Guys, there might you... be some wild stories after the goat hunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there I'd might be one to of hear, them, too. I, I'd love to hear some of that. That'd be that'd be awesome. Uh, it'd be cool if I can connect with you guys in September where I'm on on the, at on the mountain if you guys have service where you're at on the mountain and we can like connect and catch up and s- see how your season's going halfway through yeah it'd be yeah, fun yeah. for sure we can, de- we can definitely do something like that well thanks again guys um, appreciate you coming on and we will uh, talk next time okay right, sounds yeah, good thank you thank you you made it all the way to the end Thank you so much for tuning into the show. We sure appreciate your support. This is Jim Huntsman signing off and reminding you to check us out at Instagram at The Western Huntsman and on Facebook at The Western Huntsman. And you can also check out the website at thewesternhuntsman.com. Thanks again. We'll see you guys next time. Stay Western, and I'll see you on the mountain.